join me in prayer? Um, I hate to ask you to stand and sit and stand and sit, but um, would you just stand with me this morning as we have a, a moment for a Christmas prayer? And what I want to do is lead you in the prayer this morning. You agree with me. Uh, when we corporately pray here, um, it's, it's, it's just fine for you to just lift up your voices and, and let them ring out as I lead you in prayer. But uh, I just felt compelled this morning. We need to pray for others, not just ourselves. We need to pray for others this morning who have need. We need to pray for those around the world who are still living in darkness. And can we just, can we just agree in prayer right now? You feel free to lift your voices as I lead us in prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you to you, O oh Lord. On this special day, thank you, Lord, that we have been able to worship majesty, even in a manger, but yet your majesty. And so, Lord, we stand today in prayer and intercession for the needs of others that are in our neighborhoods, that are in our community, that are in the 757, and yet, Lord, are also across this nation and stretched around the world. We think of those this morning who are without food, who are living in poverty, who are without a, a home, without clothing, proper clothing. We pray for them, Lord, that you pour out your mercies upon them. And, Lord, that you'd extend your compassionate hand through your servants around the world. Father, we lift up those that are doing ministry in unreached parts of the world, those that are evangelizing and planting new churches, and those that are doing good works in difficult places. Father, strengthen them in their work today. Lord God, that they would, they would keep their eyes on you and realize that it's your strength that enables them to do their work. So, Father, we pray that every need would be met, financial needs, uh, physical needs. And, Lord, those that are in the midst of persecution, those that are, in fact, in prison today because of their faith and their leadership for the gospel, we pray for mercy for them today. Father, we pray that you'd have mercy and grace upon them today, that in the midst of the circumstance, they would sense your overwhelming presence and they would be able to rejoice because you're there with them. So, Father, we pray for our families in this important Christmas season. Uh, Lord, we pray that uh, our families and our time together would not be divisive. It would not be argumentative. It would not be distracted by carnal focus. But, Lord, that together we'd simply share the love of God and we'd embrace the joy, the unspeakable joy of the Holy Spirit and, Lord, that you would bind together even uh, parts of families that have not been reconciled. Lord, do miracles as we see each other this year. Lord God, that you would enable us to be the agents of reconciliation. Lord, that we would be those that would reach out and humble ourselves to those in our families. Lord, give us uh, loving, caring, merciful hearts. And, Father, we commit to you marriages and families and particularly those that have special needs. We pray, Father, that you'd minister to them and keep them focused where they need to be focused during this season. Father, this morning we pray for Riverbend Church. We thank you as a young church. Lord, we attribute every good thing that has happened to you. We declare this morning that Jesus is Lord over this church.
this is, uh, this is our church family, but Jesus, it belongs to you. It's your church. And Lord, you promised us that you would build your church in Matthew 16. Lord, we thank you that you're building this church, not, for, uh, not so that it, uh, it is about us, but Lord, so it's about the light of the gospel in the midst of darkness. So it's about showing the love of God to those at need so that, Lord, we can grow, be equipped by the word of God. And, Lord, that we can live lives that truly will be salt and light in the midst of our culture. So, Father, today we thank you that the word of God is alive. It is powerful. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. And we ask this morning, even in this simple and short message, that you would affect our hearts in a deep way. We commit this time to you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Maybe you've heard other people ask the question, you know, what's the big deal about Christmas? Or what is Christmas all about? Uh, I recall as a young boy, uh, I grew up, thank the Lord, in a Bible-believing Christian home of parents that drew our attention where it needed to be during Christmas. And I remember that one uh, unchangeable feature is that we always had at least one nativity scene that was made out of wood or ceramic or something. From the time that I can remember as a boy, uh, my grandmother uh, on my father's side had a family custom of baking a Christmas cake a happy birthday cake for Jesus. Some people think that's silly, but it was very meaningful to us. And always on the birthday cake, she would put this little plastic, if they would have had a dollar store back then, she probably would have bought it at the dollar store. But it's just a little simple plastic nativity scene. She placed that right in the middle of the cake. I remember still to this day, as little, little children, my siblings and I, would come and we'd look at that nativity scene and we'd try to pick out the detailed figures and we'd say, oh, who is that? And who is that? And oh, there's a shepherd. And oh, look, there's an angel. And that would be just a, a normal seasonal uh, point of attention for us. I even remember, as, uh, as many of you do, um, there is a certain age of raising our kids where they begin to say things like this. Their common response to everything is, why? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You, your kids, it's like you, something goes in and they say, but why? And you get so tired as a parent of trying to answer the why question. You know, but, but why are the shepherds there? But, but why is Jesus in the main, why, what, you know, trying to put it all together and make sense of Christmas. But you know what? Asking the why questions are very, very important. In fact, in life, asking the why question is very important. But the event of Christmas is important for so many reasons. You might want to ask the question this morning, what's the big deal? And why was it so important to actually split and be a watershed event for all of history? B.C. and A.D., divided by the the arrival of Jesus Christ. I've discovered that there are a lot of misconceptions about God 
And therefore, I want to talk to you this morning about the true reason for the season. The true reason for the season. It's amazing if you go onto the internet and you just begin to look for what people think about God. It's pretty shocking. It's pretty shocking. I mean, you see a variety of comments and and answers. And some people think that God is no more than just a spiritual force somehow floating around the universe. Um, Some people, I I read one comment on on a blog post where someone is making a big philosophical argument that really there is no God other than the God that is in the sun and in the moon and in the trees. Um, I was shocked to see even supposedly well-trained, well-educated professionals making all kinds of strange suggestions. Like, for example, one professor said, "Uh, God is simply a gigantic balloon that is floating around in the heavenlies. I'm thinking, they gave him a Ph.D.? And then on a more personal level, I read one comment that said, I like to think of God as a wise old woman and went on to describe that. One described God as a mean, stern judge who was always opposed and against everything that we do in our lives. May I suggest to you that just because you're sincere in what you think about God, doesn't make you right. Sincerity is not the key. I could sincerely, sincerely believe that this water is okay for me to drink. But it might have poison in it. And I'd be what? Sincerely wrong. (laughs) And you'd see the evidence of it pretty soon, wouldn't you? My point of the matter is a lot of people say, well, I really, I'm sincere. You know, let's just do, it doesn't matter whether we're sincere or not. I'm not saying sincerity is not a, a, a decent heart attitude. What matters is, what is the truth? Amen. What is the truth about God? It is a proven fact, sociologists inform us, that 95% of Americans believe in God. 95% of them believe in God. But the problem is that their beliefs about God are sometimes pretty wacky and surely are not consistent with what the Bible teaches us about God. And so this morning, I would like to just share a very, very simple message with you about Christmas and about the true reason for the season. I want to talk to you about the three reasons. It's difficult to capsulize all of the meaning of the arrival of Jesus Christ as God on earth. But I've Narrowed it down to three simple ones. All right, let's look at them. Number one, the first reason that he came was to show us what God is really like. I know that that's simple, but it's so powerful. The reason that Jesus came to earth and the reason that he was born in that manger was so that he could show us what God is really like. His purpose for coming to earth was to erase, address, and erase our misconceptions. He actually came to shatter people's misconceptions about God. He came in human form to show us exactly what God is like. Hebrews 1.3 says, The Son, 
Jesus, reflects the glory of God and shows us exactly what God is like. Do you want to know what God is like? Look at the Son. If you want to learn about God, look at His Son. Because we are celebrating this week His arrival on earth as literally an invasion of God into our world. He had to come as a human because He wanted to communicate to us as humans. If His goal was to communicate with frogs, God would have come as a frog. But He wanted to communicate to you and me as men and women and children who are humans. Therefore, God came how? He simply came with human flesh. I like to think of it this way. Jesus Christ is simply God with human skin on. That is really what the incarnation is all about. So Jesus came to earth to show us about God. Now, he erases our misconceptions in two different ways. Number one, he did it by teaching the truth. In other words, his words. Notice how the scripture makes it clear that he came to set us free from false ideas. The scripture says in John 18, 37, this is why I was born and came into the world, to tell people the truth. And everyone who belongs to the truth listens to me. How many of you belong to the truth? Wave at me. That's good. John chapter 1 and verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. It's speaking about Jesus Christ. And so one of his purposes and the way that he showed us what God is like in order was to teach us. You look at the teachings of Jesus that we find in the scripture and we learn a lot about God. We learn about his mercy. We learn about his his love. We learn about his power and his sovereignty. So we learn about what God is really like simply by reading the truth that came out of the mouth of Jesus. Have you ever conceived this, that every single word that came out of the mouth of Jesus was God's word? Isn't that amazing? That was God speaking to us. But there was also another way that he came to disrupt and shatter and erase misconceptions, not only by the words he spoke, by his words and his messages and his truth, but also by the life he lived. He literally came to live in such a way to be not only a portrait of God, but also a pattern for you and me. He came to show us, if you will, in a lifelike portrait. If you want to know what God's like, watch me. Look at me. See how I respond. See how I interact. See how I relate with people. Now, if you've seen me, Jesus said, you've seen the Father. God is not a distant, detached God, which many people think that he is. God is a personal God. And therefore, Jesus came to show us that God is near us and personal. And even the word that we sing about during this season, Emmanuel, simply means that, doesn't it? God is with us. How? He's with us in the form of Jesus Christ. A lot of people think that God is uncaring. But Jesus showed us that he's a loving God. A lot of people think that he's judgmental. 
But Jesus shows us that he loves us and he's willing to extend mercy to us. If you want to know God, if you're here this morning and you want to know God, or maybe you're a believer, you're a devoted follower of Jesus, and you can simply say, I want to know God better. I've got a strong, strong recommendation for you. Look, study, and learn about Jesus Christ. Because if you learn more about him and his words, you'll learn more about God. I like John 14, 9 that says this, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. We have seen Jesus. And to many of us, it's not just seeing him. It's not just hearing his words, watching his walk, but it's also by faith accepting him into our life for what he's done. Let's look at the second reason for the season. The, the, the first one, um, I've already covered that scripture. All right. Now, the first one was to what? To show us what God's like. Number two is to what? To express God's love for us. I know this sounds really simplistic, but it is extraordinarily powerful. To understand that the reason for the season and the reason that Jesus came to earth was to show you and me God's love for us. The most well-known quotable scripture in all of the Bible is John 3.16 that says what? God loved the world so much, how much? That he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him may not be lost but have eternal life. Sometimes our familiarity with that verse makes the truth foggy and unclear. It is very simple. Jesus is the result of God wanting to show you and me how much he really loves us. God's Christmas gift to us was his son. He could have sent some other representative. He could have dispatched a couple of hundred or a thousand angels. He didn't choose that. Instead, he did what? He sent his own son to earth. He could have chosen some robotic representation, but instead he chose his son and he gave him a will and he allowed him to demonstrate to us his love. Did you know a lot of times as much as uh, our society wants to place an emphasis at this time of year, and frankly in a lot of other times of the year, on presents and the giving of gifts and presents and opening them, and I'm not anti that at all. I'm I'm not a bah humbug guy at all. But I think we need to remember that maybe the greatest gift of all was not presents, but God's presence. That is our greatest gift because that his presence shows us his love for us. Remember, love isn't about getting. Love is expressed how? Giving. Not getting, but it always gives. And love can't wait to give. Can you imagine how motivated the father was to Find a way to give us the gifts that he wanted to give to us. God loves you so much. And in fact, John chapter 4, 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Listen, 
This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I wish I had time to go into depth into the four dimensions of his love, but the scripture speaks of this in Ephesians when it says, and Paul's praying, and he said that you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And I oftentimes just like to think about those four dimensions of love. And maybe you've heard it said before, but one way to think of it is, you say, well, how long is God's love? You know, you can underline in your Bibles in Ephesians 3, 18, 19, those words. First of all, it says it's long. How long? How long is it? It's long enough to last forever. <laughs> That's pretty good news, right? I've had people who said they love me, and then they change their mind next month, right? <laughs> but God's love lasts forever. He also tells us that how wide is it? How wide? It's wide enough to be everywhere and to include everyone. There's not one of you here this morning sitting in this building or watching me on streaming live that isn't loved by God. It's wide. It's also deep. It's deep enough to reach into the deepest, darkest pits and grab us and love us right there. Some of us have been in those pits. Amen? And if you're in one of those deep pits, I want you to remember God's love is deep enough today to connect with you and reach you. And then finally, it's also high. How high? You see all these dimensions? How high is it? It's high enough to overlook all of your mistakes and all of your failures. The love of God is high enough to simply forgive, have mercy, and to look over our mistakes. And some of us, those errors are pretty significant. But nothing is too big for God's love. May I offer to you the third and final reason that I've chosen to mention today for you. The first reason was what? He came to show us God. Show us what God's like in his walk and his words. Number two, he came to us to express God's love. And number three, he came to ultimately give us a relationship with God. Now, here's the problem. Too many people think of uh, following Christ or talk about Christians or Christianity, and they think of it as simply religion. I'm here to tell you, debunk that myth. This, yes, is listed among world religions, but I'm here to tell you, it is about a relationship with God. And I'm always shocked and surprised at the number of people who have grown up and spent their lives simply thinking that Jesus Christ and, and, and knowing God and all this is all about religion. It's not about religion. Religion is man-made. But his intent was to create an opportunity for a relationship with you and me. That was what motivated God to send his son Jesus, is he was desperate to show his love, but desperate to have a reciprocal relationship with you and with me. Amen. Wow, that's what it all boils down to. We all know the scripture in John 10.10. 10. I picked a different translation to show you here today. 
that simply says this, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. What is God's purpose? It's to give us a rich and satisfying life. It includes eternal life, but it also includes a relationship and a beautiful fellowship with God right here on earth right today. His purpose is to be your friend. He really wants to have a relationship. He wants to be your friend. He said to his own disciples, come not as your servant. I look at you not as my servants, but as my friends. He wants to be your friend. What kind of relationship do you have with God today? Is it an intimate friendship with God? Or is it simply uh, maybe you have just begun to scratch the surface? And maybe you just have eternal life. That's a great start. And there may be some of you that are listening to me today that do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. I was shocked to learn years down the road when my youngest son, who will be traveling tonight to see them and son and daughter-in-law and grandkids south of Atlanta, I was shocked to hear him say as a teenager at 17 years of age, Dad, I, I know I prayed a prayer when I was five, but I don't think I ever understood until God just interrupted my life that it's all about a relationship. It's not just about going to church. The family of God should be simply the natural re- result of a relationship with God, that we hang out with his family. Amen? And all the other things that we do that we consider a part of our Christian experience, it all boils back to what? It begins with a relationship with God. May I ask you this morning, if you have the right kind of relationship with God through Jesus, his son, that's the reason for the season. And I want to pray for you, and then we're going to continue on in our service just a little bit with some dance and some closing worship. But if you're here today, And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But if you pray that prayer, whether it's a first-time relationship commitment to God or whether maybe it's simply, I need to go deeper, would you please take one of the Connect cards that's in the seat in front of you and simply check the appropriate box. There's one that says, I became a Christ follower today. And there's another one that says, I rededicated my life to Christ today. If you'll fill one of those out, you may leave it on your seat or leave it in that uh, seat back pocket. We'll gather those and follow up with you. Would you stand with me, please, as I pray? If today you need to have a relationship with God that you don't have, or you simply need to deepen it, you can just say these words after me. Could we all join together? Father God, today, I want to thank you for sending Jesus to earth. As we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate the true reason for this season. Thank you for opening up the door to give me a personal relationship And today I make a decision 
to commit or to recommit my life to Jesus Christ. I don't want to live for myself. I want to have purpose and meaning. And I know it begins with a relationship. Forgive me for my wandering. Forgive me for my sins. Today I accept your forgiveness. And I accept the reality of a new relationship with you. Thank you. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Remember, we want to know from you. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or to rededicate yourself, And I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, to be seated once more. And we have a very special worship dance that we want you to enjoy.